Clayton. John Clayton. Hey, this is the Coors Light Cold Hard Facts with John Clayton. Brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. All right, we're talking football with the professor, John Clayton. You guys know the deal. If you've got questions for John, you can text him in right now to 206-421-3776. That's 421-ESPN. We'll try to get to some of your questions before we let him go, and we're still waiting to hear from Pete Carroll. So, uh, John, what do you... You think we're? I was asking Wyman, what do you want to hear from Pete Carroll? We know he's not going to throw individuals no. under the bus or anything, but what would you like to hear from him? Uh, what you'd like to hear is, like, what are they going to do to fix up the uh, open parts in the middle of the field with the <clears throat> linebackers and the cornerbacks not syncing up and the secondary not syncing up? And so I'd like to see, you know, what he's offering to try to get that fixed because it's just been a repeated problem for now several weeks. What do you think the answer is, though? I don't know. I mean, I have to, you know, it's obviously a coaching thing more than anything else. Certainly it's performance on the part of the players. I mean, they've got to do better. But right now it's just not working. And if that's going to be the case, you know, they can go to Pittsburgh, come out two and four, and all of a sudden this season is slipping away because now you look at the division. I mean, you got Arizona at 5-0. and oh, You get the feeling Seattle's not going to be able to catch them, presumably. And then you got the Rams at, uh, you know, 4-1. and one. And so, uh, I mean, the only break that they have is San Francisco's a mess right now because of injuries. You know, they find out today that Trey Lance has a knee injury, so now he's questionable this week. They don't know about Jimmy Garoppolo, so, uh, you know, more, more injuries. And, of course, George Kittle goes on injured reserve. Wow. So is that expected with Kittle to be more of the, the minimum three weeks? or should be the ta- minimum, yeah. Should or be are we talking minimum. five to 12 weeks? No, no, five to 12 <laughs> weeks. But five to 12 weeks that round off at three. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what about uh, Geno Smith? I mean, there we had some texters that were saying, oh, they need to bring in Cam Newton. Mm. Yeah. I just I, I felt like he was so prepared. And the thing is, John, if the defense doesn't get fixed, yeah, I, I don't care how, you know, I mean, Geno can have like the best game he's ever had and you're not going to win the game. But I feel like where do you think he ranks as far as backup quarterbacks in the NFL? You know, there's not enough body of work right now to say it, but uh, you'd have to say maybe in the top 13 or so, you know, because, uh, you know, I still look at Ryan Fitzpatrick, even though he's an injured starter for Washington, as a real good backup. And uh, But you have so many young backup quarterbacks around the league, you know, either in their rookie season, first year, you name it, and so many guys making the minimum salary. So, yeah, and, you know, the idea of bringing Cam Newton in just doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't fit in this offense. I mean, his accuracy isn't there. He's slow release. Yeah, I'm mean, sure he can run the ball. He can run and do all the different things <clears throat> RPO-wise and all that stuff. But the body's breaking down. I mean, an ideal thing would be bringing in somebody like a Blake Bortles and see if you can talk him into signing on the practice squad because I know he's done that in the last year. Is he not on a roster right now? I don't think so, no. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, because I think he was up in Chicago or something like that, and then they let him go. So, uh, you know, he's he's available. I don't know, so, I mean, I, I, I'm thinking he's going to be you know one option that might be there. But, again, they've got to look at something because if not, then you've got uh, you know Jake Luton, uh, who's never played a down in the National Football League there if anything happens to, uh, you know, Geno Smith. Uh, text message here from the 208. Professor, 
Has Bobby become a liability? We all love him. Oh, we, let me. I'll read the whole text. God. We all love him, John, but he seems to play less than full speed sometimes. He is the leader on defense and doesn't make many impact plays anymore. Like Dave says, emergency guys, play with your hair on fire and make stuff happen. He should at least be a coach and a leader on the field and lead with max effort. Well, he does that. And it's like, uh, what is it, like three weeks ago he had 20 tackles? Uh, it's like... You know, it, it's it's another overreaction to what's going on. Sure, it's bad. I mean, you're, they're giving up over 25 points and over 450 yards a game. They're giving up 350 yards plus passing. But it's like, we're all going to put this on Bobby Wagner? I mean, it's like, you're going to run him out like they did uh, Trey Flowers? I mean, come on, people. Mm. Well, I don't think it's that drastic, but there's a lot of mistakes being made there. Yeah, I agreed. I agreed. He, he's part of the problem. Would you agree part, with that? Uh, he, he, he is part of the problem. Yeah. He's not the problem. Mm. <laughs> what, what do you think, Dave? Well, look, John, I mean, you have to, you have to look at the individual plays. So, um, you know, you, just, you can't just look at the stats. Mm-hmm. You can't just look at the tackles. You can't, you know, if he gets, you know, 15 tackles, where are they? Where mm-hmm. are the tackles? So, you know, that's that's part of it. But, I mean, look, he's not the whole thing. I mean, it's just, to me, it's just how they're being used, you know. So, like, here's a good good question I was going to ask you this, yeah. John, with Jamal Adams. Um, Jamal, I feel like, you know, and there's this push out there where people are like, he's terrible. He's not a good football player. And I asked the question, did you think he was a good football player last year? How did he all of a sudden in because he was I don't yeah. care what anybody says how does all of a sudden in one season he become such a terrible player it's it's more about how he's being used you know and right. I, and I feel like that's that's more the problem I would say the same thing with Carlos Dunlap like he hasn't made very many plays but like I see him dropping back into pass coverage yeah so it's ridiculous yeah so I mean I, I just wonder if you know that th- that to me is is more of the problem but yeah it's certainly you know I mean it's almost like everybody is doing it but yeah I mean I think you you have to go and look at some of the I think you know look one thing is Bobby's out there a hundred percent of the place mm-hmm. you know and so he is in his tenth year. And, you know, maybe a rest or whatever, use them in certain situations and stuff like that. You know, I, I wonder if that might be it. Could be. I mean, again, maybe because, you know, again, it's like, uh, you know, age does slowly catch up to you. Uh, but again, it's like you, you can see he can still run. He can still do a lot of things. Sure, things aren't working out right now, but he's not to the point right now where he's terrible. And same thing with Jamal Adams. It's like, uh, you know, come on, people. It's like, you know, you're talking about, you know, two pro bowlers on your defense. Hey, John, let's uh, one thing Dave and I have talked a lot about is in this division, mm-hmm. we've seen every team except for the Seahawks go through either a season or multiple seasons of just dreadful football and records. You know, single win seasons, five wins, six wins, four wins. Cardinals have done it. Niners have done it. Rams have done it. Seahawks haven't done that under Pete Carroll. If that happens this year, what do you, what do you think the end result is going to be? Are we looking at, at an overhaul? Are we looking at, you know, and unfortunately this would be a terrible year because they don't have their first-round pick. It would be the highest yeah, pick they've yeah. had in years, and it's going to the Jets. So what, what do you think would it it would look like at the end of the year i mean what you do is you uh, let's go let's go through history because again you have to factor in the russell wilson part of it you know whether he's going to be out three weeks 
four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, or whatever. But what ends up happening when you uh, you know a lose a MVP type quarterback? I mean, go back to last year with Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott gets hurt. He get in fact it was about a year ago. I think this week he got hurt. They win what six games? Mm-hmm. Don't have a losing season. I mean, go back a couple years ago. I think it was you know two sixteen or whatever. Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, misses a good portion of the second half of the season. They win seven games. And so what ends up happening right now is that uh, <clears throat> if Wilson's going to be out a significant chunk of time. Then what you're looking at is that uh, it's going to be uh, you know, a seven-win season at best. And so, you know, you, did, did they make major changes on uh, Green Bay back after the Aaron Rodgers injury? No. Well, no, John. But this has been. I mean, they were struggling with Russell here. This was yeah, looking terrible, yeah. and it looked terrible last year with the defense, and then the offense in the second half. So this is not a a new phenomenon, just strictly hinging on Russell's availability. There mm-hmm. were problems long before that happened. Yeah, but I mean, then I mean, you've got free agency, you've got trades. I mean, you got to obviously look at uh, you know where they are in the defensive end position because again, they've got numbers, but the numbers aren't producing the sacks and the pressures that you want. And in the secondary, that there's clearly need for upgrades there as far as cornerback. So it's like uh, you know, those are the areas, and then they got to revisit where they are with the linebacking core to see if that's working out. And then you know. If and uh, uh, it's safe to say right now, and again, has Pete Carroll started his press conference yet? Uh, I believe he has. Oh, okay. Uh, so nothing uh, breaking news. Apparently. No breaking news. Yeah, because yeah. you, you kind of wonder. I mean, because I don't see him making a change at defensive coordinator. But if this season is going to be this bad on defense after the season, I could see a change in defensive coordinator. Mm. Hey, uh, John, their next opponent, the Steelers, um, health. Uh, they've had some problems. I know that uh, T.J. Watt's back, but mm-hmm. uh, it looks like Juju Smith-Schuster is out. How how are they health-wise other than that? Uh, oh, they're oh, oh, not good. Because... Of course, Ben Roethlisberger's always banged up, right? Oh, yeah, no doubt. Always I mean, limping. He's <laughs> yeah. got a, he got a hip injury. He's got a, uh, you know, a, a problem on his uh, pec muscle, on his left pec muscle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster had a shoulder surgery today, so he's going to be out for the season. So that depletes him at the wide receiver position. I mean, sure, they have Clay, Chase Claypool and uh, you know a couple other young guys, but they're now thin at the wide receiver position, so that's not going to help. And again, they're terrible on the offensive line. Nevertheless, <clears throat> they, they come in against Denver, and Ben starts the game off completing a 23-yarder and a 50-yarder against Kyle Fuller, you know, the cornerback that the Broncos paid $9 million for. And in the end, I think what Ben had like 15 completions for over 300 yards or something like that, which is not his game at the moment because he's been throwing short so much. So uh, he was able to take advantage of that. So we'll see what he's going to be able to do. But no, he's always fighting injuries. Do you, do you look at this game? We, Dave and I were talking about this as well this morning. I think I heard, I don't know if it was Jake and Stace, somebody was talking about it saying, hey, these next three games, these are winnable games for the Seahawks. And I heard that and was like, well, based on what? Because, you know, you just chronicled the issues with the Steelers, but at the same time, they've got the 10th best defense in the league in terms mm-hmm. of points allowed, which you're going on the road with a backup quarterback and an offense that even with the starter, Russell, was having a hard time stringing two halves together. So why would we think this is an easily win or not easily, but just a winnable game because you've got a backup and you're going up against the tenth best defense and it gets tougher with New Orleans who are top five in terms of points allowed. So I don't 
I don't see it that way as boy. These are these are winnable. Yeah, they could any given Sunday. That's saying, but do you, do you feel like it's likely they're going to win these games, or that they should win these games? Not making predictions. I don't. But it's like uh, you know they, they they are winnable games. I mean, say what you want about Pittsburgh. I mean, they had a great game yesterday against Denver, but they're two and three, and so it's like uh, and their offensive line is one of the worst in football. And that plays against them, and it also leaves uh, Ben Roethlisberger uh, uh, vulnerable to get hit. And when he gets hit, you know how it is. Like even I was watching uh, the Steeler game on Sunday, and there was one play where he got hit, and then he starts taking his right hand and starts shaking it. It's like, oh, jeez. Now he's got a hand injury, and it didn't turn out to be bad. He was able to come back and not miss a play or anything of that nature. But, uh, you know, you kind of wonder because, you know, as bad as it is, and I I think it's pretty clear that uh, Ben has kind of reached the end here. I mean, he's just trying to get through this season and probably retire, which is probably necessary. But, uh, no, it's like in the New Orleans team, I mean, uh, sure, uh, they've got, uh, you know, a 3-2 record, but they're not that good. I mean, again, I still look at the fact, and particularly looking at San Francisco and looking at Denver and all the teams right now that are having so many injuries. If you take so many players away from your team because of injuries or cap or anything like that, you're not going to be as good. And New Orleans right now, I mean, they're down 10 starters from last year. Bob pointed this out, though. Two pretty impressive wins. Winning at Buffalo. Man, I mean, especially Mm -hmm. after seeing last night. How about that game? And and look at Josh Allen. What a cannon that guy has. But yeah, pretty impressive wins beating Denver, a pretty good team, and yeah. then uh, and then going into Buffalo. Sheesh. Well, so, the, the, the game was in Kansas City yesterday, but no, I'm talking about the first game of the year. Oh, the first game of the year. Yeah, the Steelers against. At oh Buffalo. yeah, no, that was that was really impressive. You know, and in that game, I mean, they were certainly affected by that Steeler defense because if you look at the first two games that were there for Josh Allen. I mean, he was completing less than 50% of his passes or 60% of his passes and, you know, got off to a slow start and definitely got off to a slow start against the Steeler defense and uh, they paid the price. But now you look at him over the last three weeks. I mean, he is burning it up. Now, I know he didn't have a great completion percentage in yesterday's game against KC, but I mean, he was just making big play after big play after big play. You know, here's an interesting thing, and I don't know if you want to follow this or not and you can just tell me to shut up but uh you know for the washington post they had to do the mvp list right uh-huh. you know who i think right now and i rate him you know top 11 now obviously i don't have russell in there and the only reason that russell's not in there is because he's injured okay if he were healthy he'd be in that list of mvp candidates even though it's going to be impossible to win it when you miss three four games or whatever he's going to miss all right but when you look at the big picture, I mean, right now, uh, Josh Allen is in that top three as far as quarterbacks. Because, you know, I still I, – I, right now I'm giving the edge to Tyler, Kyler Murray because he's 5-0 and and has been fantastic. And then, you know, you look at uh, Tom Brady, obviously, because, you know, he's MVP because all he does is win. And then you look at Josh Allen, and, you know, and Josh Allen right now is the best quarterback in the AFC, particularly knowing that, uh, you know, he is at, ended up beating Patrick Mahomes. And so it's like, uh, you know, kind of interesting to see how impressive it is with Josh Allen and how disappointing it is for the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, because they've now at home lost to the Chargers. Chargers and they've lost to the Bills and right now you have 
you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes, you know, with more interceptions than he's ever had. I think what in the last 14 games dating back to last year, he's had 13 picks. Mm. Mm. Shut up, John. Shut up. You John. told me to shut. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Why did you pick top 11, John? Well, because again, it's like I think there's such a long list. It's not, you know, it's, they they ask me to do five, mm-hmm. and I said, there's no way I can do five. You know, it's like, am I going to leave Aaron Rodgers off? Now I have him down at about nine. You know, am I going to leave Matthew Stafford off? No. Am I going to leave uh, Derek Henry off? No. I mean, Derek Henry's on pace right now for a second consecutive 2,000-yard season. And so there was just so many candidates. And so I had, you know, five in the NFC, five quarterbacks in the AFC, and then Derek Henry. And so it worked out to a pretty good balance. It's it's depressing that two of uh, the, the quarterbacks are in our division. Yeah. That you're, and then we played against Derrick Henry. So, mm-hmm, one, mm-hmm. one quarterback that I, man, I really enjoyed watching the Chargers and Browns yesterday. Yeah. And Justin Herbert continues to blow me away. I just did not expect him to be this player at this level in college. I thought, yeah, he's, he's got ability, but nah, he's not that electric. And I mean, watching this guy, he's, he's, extremely talented and really good. Yesterday he throws for 398 yards, four touchdowns, runs in another touchdown. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's ridiculous. Is he in your top 10 list or top, top 11? Top, top five. Top five? Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, because again, that's why it's like, you know, if you put these new guys, these young guys in there, it's like, what what happens to some of the existing guys? You're going to eliminate them. And I didn't. And so it's like, and I think that they're all, they're all, here's the reason why, you know, the 10 quarterbacks are all legit. They're all on winning teams. Mm-hmm. And what, they have 15 winning teams in the league right now. Uh, and I didn't include Derek Carr. <clears throat> Probably should, but I didn't. And, uh, you know, he's on a winning team. So you, you look at it, it's like you know, all but four teams that uh, are winning right now, you know, don't have MVP-type quarterbacks. And what happens with an MVP-type quarterback, one, they're good enough to get you into the playoffs, and two, because they're so talented and so good, they can win your playoff games. Yeah, and then um, Staley is calling the defenses there, correct? Mm-hmm. That's it, correct, yeah. Yeah, it's, I'm just looking at the Bosa, uh, Derwin James. Now, he was injured for, I don't know, it seemed like, was it two years ago? Two years. Then, no, he, no, he's been injured for the last two years mostly. Yeah, I was going to say he was coming back mm-hmm. off of one, so now they're starting to get everything out of him, and he's got a sack and a half, a bunch of tackles, he's got a an interception. I mean, they, they've got it going on down there in San Diego, John. Yeah, of course, I mean, the one thing is, it's, it's so crazy. You didn't it, correct me. What? I, I even fed, I fed it San to Diego, you. Diego, I know. It's yeah. like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> We're done with that. I know. But again, it's like, a, you know, the big thing is, is that, you know, they did give up 42 points yesterday. Yeah. 42 points. Now, again, that's Cleveland, and that's a banged up, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield. But, uh, I mean, what a wild game that was. It's yeah, 47-42. But, again, you know, Justin Herbert was the key because of the way he battled and just kept on throwing and throwing and throwing and completing and completing and completing. And they go for it on fourth down uh-huh. a lot. And uh, the other side, you brought up Mayfield. I mean, he, he threw for 305 yards and two touchdowns. So, you know, he's out there playing with a, a bad left shoulder as well. And, and I'm wondering where, because we, we talked about him before the season that he, along with the team, were sort of at peace with not getting a new deal done yet. What do, what do you think 
he's looking at in terms of a deal? And I know that some of it will depend on how the season goes, but ultimately, do you feel like this is their franchise guy? Has that been made clear, or is there still something for him to prove? I think there's still more things for him to prove because, again, you know, what does Baker Mayfield want? Starting quarterbacks get forty plus million dollars a year. Is he worth forty plus million dollars a year? No. And so, you know, the solution is you give him the fifty-year option, and maybe you franchise him, but you have to buy more time because, I mean, you can see it's still, you know, questionable where it is with him as far as how good he is. I mean, you can see one is he is he like a Justin Herbert who can carry a team? I mean, to me, he looks more like the complementary quarterback who has to have the running game, has to have the wide receivers, you know, has to have a good offensive line to be able to, you know, get into the playoffs. And again, my old ratings back when I was at ESPN, I called those guys the Chad Penningtons because Pennington, mm-hmm. whether it was going to be the Jets or Miami, could get you into the playoffs, but he wasn't good enough to win you a playoff game. I mean, you look at Baker Mayfield, I don't know if he's good enough to win a playoff game. Again, Maybe with the running game the way it is because, I mean, they've got Nick Chubb, who's just absolutely incredible. Yeah, ran for 161 yesterday on 21 carries and a touchdown. Oh, yeah. I mean, That must be nice to yeah. have him. By oh. the way, Penny's still not practicing. Okay, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. This is a surprise. <laughs> Boy, he can't. I mean, he's on injured reserve. Yeah. It's just that, it's painful to see Chubb's yeah. stats every week. and just go, oh, my goodness. I think it, he was taken in the top of the second round. He wasn't a first rounder, but yeah. But how about as far as like if you don't pick thirty five, mm-hmm. yeah. If you if you really like defense, I guess the fourth quarter was pretty painful to watch. But forty one points being scored in the fourth quarter is that some kind of a record or something? I don't think it's a record, but again, it's Holy rare. Smokes. You just don't see that. I mean, yeah. again, it's that's a lot of points. And again, it was like it was just such a wild game. John, we appreciate it. We'll talk tomorrow. Okay, sounds good. There you go. If you missed any of today's cold, hard facts, brought to you by Coors Light, made to chill, download the podcast at 710sports.com. Daryl Taylor has been one of the bright spots on that Seahawks defense, and he's going to join us in our player spotlight coming up next with Wyman and Bob on 710 ESPN Seattle.